Hello, everyone. It is 7 a.m. on the East Coast of the United States and 9 p.m. in Melbourne. And I'm Craig Wessels, and I welcome you to the live episode of A Yank on the Footy for June the 15th of 2021. Glad that you're tuning in. Glad that you're checking out the show. And uh, let's get going here. Been a, uh, a really interesting session or round of footy, if you will, uh, with everything that's going on. The, the word, and I'm going to dig into some of the games and talk about some of the games that occurred in round 13, but the word that I wrote down, and I actually sent it to myself as a, uh, a text message to remind myself, the word that that reminded me what this round was all about was scrappy. I thought that this was this was a really scrappy round because we had uh, quite a few clubs that most of us did not expect to win, or during the course of the game, it put themselves in a position where they were not likely to win, and in fact, went ahead and did that. Yes. It was a tipping nightmare, uh, as uh, somebody just posted on the message board. I think I, I got two games right this week. Uh, fortunately, the Cats were one of them. But, uh, you know, we're going to dig into what happened during round 13. We're going to talk about round 14. A couple of uh, big news stories this week as well, one that will not go away. And I'm just I'm just bringing it up and mentioning it here. You know, I'm the... I'm one of the uh, the Yanks, if you will, one of the Americans talking about footy. And uh, I brought this up a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, it was widely panned, the idea here, and I'll get into this in a little bit. But now we've got people in the leadership positions within the AFL who are saying, maybe not such a bad idea. So I, I'm not bringing this up. This is... Uh, this is beginning to look a little bit like Michael Myers in a Halloween film where it just keeps coming back, or Jason, if you will, if you're more of a Friday the 13th fan, or Freddy Krueger, or whichever reoccurring horror villain you are you are a fan of, I, or the 87 permutations we've had of Batman or Spider-Man over the last few years. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a big superhero movie fan, so uh, I'm not sure who's even in which universe. And as I told my students at school, I marvel in not knowing that. Okay, bad joke for 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, <laughs> so I, uh, I want to invite you to check out the uh, podcast website, yankonthefooty.com. A lot of stuff going on over there. I just got it set up uh, where you can actually comment on the blog posts and things like that there, where they will actually go out onto Facebook as well. I'm trying to figure out how to get that set up for Discus. So if you're set up where you're uh, commenting on things on Discus, that may work for you as well. Remember, you can go on there and leave uh, a voicemail. I have a couple of those for this round. Uh, Tony Davis is back for his his weekly uh, his weekly look at the D's and footy as it as it is. Uh, you can leave a review for the podcast, and I and I would absolutely love it if you would do that. You know, if you would, you know. If you got five minutes and you want to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review, that would be a huge help to me because that helps to activate things. I, I'm reluctant to use the word trigger. Uh, things within the analytics at Apple and says, hey, people are talking about this uh, podcast. Maybe we should recommend it to more people. So if you're if you're somebody who's enjoying it and you want to take you know five minutes out of your uh, 
your day if you wouldn't mind. That'd be fantastic to do that. You can also uh, leave me messages there as well. Okay, like I said, you can leave uh, your own little written messages there. You can get signed up on the mailing list as well. So when a new episode comes out or when a live episode like this one is getting ready to air, I will send an email notification out to you. And I'm not bombarding people on the mailing list. I'm not sending out five or ten emails a day or anything of that nature. A couple times a week, one will show up in your inbox. And, you know, if you don't want to look at it, that's that's okay. But uh, they're there to try to help you uh, know when a new episode has come out, that type of thing. If you want to help out the show while you're on the, uh, the website, you can look at the Buy Me a Coffee page if you want to help out the show. And uh, you can also check out the storefront page on Redbubble, which is also at the top. Uh, I have somebody who's actually been working on a new design that uh, I really like. And uh, it's a gentleman from right here in the United States. And it's, I think it is uh, it's something that I think you're going to like as well. So he and I need to, to talk about that a little bit. But it's a, uh, I, I was really impressed with what he had put together. So hopefully you're going to be seeing that as well here very soon too. Remember, if you want to reach me on Twitter, you can do that at yank underscore on Instagram and Facebook on a yank on the footy. And uh, you can also email me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. And I, I prepared today. I have one cup of coffee ready to go that I'm already having. And I have a second cup already made in a uh, thermal cup next to me here. So we'll get through this just fine. Before we dive in, though, I, uh, I do want to mention that the local footy club for this episode is the Calumvale Leopards from Calumvale, Queensland, which is a suburb of southern Brisbane. This is one of the uh, clubs that helps to grow the, the game at the youth level, starting down at Auskick with boys and girls with their superstars at age six and seven, all the way up through their youth programs through age 17 and a half. Their clubs went two and three last weekend. I looked at a couple of the scores. They were there were some good scores on their part. There were some tough scores on their part. But best of luck to the Leopards as they continue their 2021 fixture. I'll post a link to their uh, website and their Instagram page in the show notes if you want to check them out. Some really cool uniform color combinations there as well. And let's go ahead and dive right in. You know, as I as I mentioned, you know, looking at the games this past week, and I watched. Six out of the seven games. I did not get to the Fremantle Gold Coast game yet. Uh, I guess I have to, uh, you know, I went to go watch it, and I, I guess I kind of took Matt Rowell's approach. I wasn't sure where to find the game on the Watch AFL app. Okay, I'm kidding about that. I knew where to find the game, but if you uh, if you hadn't seen the little clip, uh, you know, Matty Rowell went back out for his first game and, well, since I believe the first game of the season and had to run back over to check the, uh, the, the whiteboard on the, uh, in the coach's box at the interchange to figure out where he was supposed to be lining up on the ground at the start of the game after they'd already looked at it. They're kind of funny. You know, it's uh, you know, this young man, if he, if he can stay healthy and, and I'm going to knock on wood right here, I'm looking forward to seeing him string together some healthy, not some healthy games, but some healthy seasons now. Because when he is healthy and when he is out there, he's a phenomenal player. And it's just, it's going to be great to see him for the, the growth of the game in, and the establishment of the game 
in that part of the country to have, you know, somebody like him being as solid a player as he is. So let's hope he stays healthy. You know, granted, the Suns took it on the chin this past week. I tipped the Suns, as uh, as uh, Tim mentioned there. It's one of those games that a lot of people got wrong. But they, uh, you know, it was good to see him back out there. You know, and let's be honest, a lot of us, when we went into these games this weekend, we we had one game that was, you know, a couple of games that were probably toss-up games. You know, you had people making arguments on both sides of the uh, Richmond West Coast game and the Geelong Port Adelaide game. But several others, people were probably thinking, I've got a pretty good idea who's going to win this one. I don't even, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and tip this club here because I think that's who's going to go ahead and take this game. Well, didn't quite work out. Didn't quite work out. You know, you had, you know, many of us didn't see Adelaide winning. A lot of us, well, at least at the start of the game, you know, I'm sure not many of us were tipping Hawthorne or Collingwood. Although, you know, that's, and I watched the Collingwood game last night before I went to bed. I was, I was impressed by them. And, and yes, I think that they, there was a combination of things going on there. Uh, One, you know, I think the D's are, were a little tired. They were going into their bye week this week, if I'm not mistaken, they're not playing this week. Yeah. I mean, look at my, list here off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure the D's are off this week. Yeah, they're off this week. Uh, so they're going into round 14, not having had their bye yet. So they needed, you know, they needed a little bit of a breather. Uh, and, it, and they didn't, ter- they didn't terribly play well. Um, but the Magpies, you know, we all know what was going on there. Nathan Buckley was leaving the club. This was his last game as coach. He's spent close to three decades with that organization. And, and you know, I, I still don't fully understand what went on with regards to um, why he is leaving. You know, I, I think I can safely say that the salary cap issues were, were not the fault of Nathan Buckley because I don't believe, you know, as the senior coach, he's not making those decisions, of course. Uh, you know, maybe some of the things that came out with this report, but again, I don't even want to speculate on that. You know, to me, he was a bit of a fall guy, a bit of a scapegoat where the club is saying, let's let's go ahead and go in a whole new direction. Let's go ahead and, and, and clear the decks of, of the, the vestiges of what had gone on at Melbourne previously. So maybe that's what they're thinking with that. But very impressive the way that they played. And I, and I have to say, I, I really, you know, watching them last night, they did not... You know, the players out on the ground, yes, they've got some older players. And I'm going to get into a story here in a minute where they've got a, a close to a third of their list is unsigned for next year. And a lot of names that, that you wonder where are they going to be next year or are they going to be in the game next year? But there is, you know, some some good news, you know, coming out of Collingwood. You know, they've got some some good young players, you know, with the – the Poulter kid and, and McCray and uh, oh kind of I can't think of his name right now. Kind of the rather thin short guy with the, the mullet. I'm drawing a blank on right. Let me pull up my roster list here right now. Uh, I'm feeling pretty dumb at this moment in time here. Let me grab my list here. So I've got it here. Yeah, Dacos. I should have known that one. Um, you know, I just. Uh, there are some promising things there. 
But again, there's been so much <clears throat> negative that's been associated with the Magpies this year that that I think they need to maybe they're just needing to clear house or clean house, uh, and you know we shall see what happens. And and, and Tim posted here that you know that Buckley's an excellent coach and probably within 18 months he's going to be coaching another club, and that may very well be. Uh, what about in six months? And I'm, I'm just speculating here. Maybe he ends up being the new, you know, if, if Carlton decides to, to try to shake themselves from their, uh, their, their slumber, if you will, because that's a club that's got a lot of talent, but has just not put it all together. Do they need somebody like a Nathan Buckley to come in and, and, and kind of shake the cobwebs loose and get them to, to, to kind of become the club that they should be? I don't know. But it's uh, it's 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 kind of an interesting uh, interesting thing is happening here, and this is a guy other than his one year in Brisbane has been with Collingwood his entire career, and 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 you know what maybe maybe it would it's going to be not such a bad thing for him to be able to if he does decide to take a job somewhere else, and and I and I've seen people saying well yeah he's going to be involved in the media within the next few months and he's going to spend a year or so working with, you know, channel seven or with Fox footy or whatever. Yeah. He might, but looking at the, uh, at his press conferences and such, he's not the most, and, and maybe I'm just reading this wrong. He's not, doesn't seem to be the most cordial uh, interviewee. So I don't know how that's going to translate in, into him being a uh, somebody who's going to now switch sides of the of the table and become one of the the folks involved in doing the reporting or doing the commentary. And and you know what, he'll probably do fantastically well with it. But I just I don't know if that's going to be something that's a natural for him. And and you know who are you going to move out of positions that are already there for him to step in to do that? You know it's. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe they create another spot, but you know, with all of the, all of the the situations that have arisen over the last couple of seasons with regards to COVID, you know, a lot of these places have been downsizing and cutting back on the people that they've got working for them. Maybe he takes a year off. Maybe he just, uh, I, you know, goes out and plays golf and enjoys himself and sits home on the couch and watches some footy and recharges his batteries and then gets to take a job that he wants to take. And maybe he comes back in, you know, in another year or two. Okay. And, and becomes, you know, the, the new senior coach at another club and turns them into a very solid club again, where he's away from the shackles. Um, you know, where he's, he's earned, you know, he's earned himself a break and he's got himself, you know, Time to decide, okay, on my terms, this is where I'm going to go. This is where I'm going to go coach now. You know, is it, uh, you know, is there going to be a point in time where, you know, Alistair Clarkson decides that he's going to step away, you know, and, and assume a new job? Does David Teague survive this year? You know, I, I don't know. We had, we had one of his assistants step down this past week. Yeah, so is that is that the first uh, the first indication that 
changes are coming in the in the coaching offices at Carleton. And again, I'm I'm just spitballing here. I'm on the outside looking in. I don't I don't see the uh, the local papers and anybody speculating this type of thing. But I'm I'm just thinking out loud. I'm just tossing ideas here, and you know we shall see. Okay, now all of you who are listening, all of you who are listening right now, and I'm I'm watching you all through my special camera that I have on my on my computer here. I can see all of you. Okay, I, I really can't. So. Don't turn off this and think, how the hell is he doing that? Uh, put your hand up. Put your hand up if after the first quarter of the Saints and Crows game this past week, you thought to yourself, wow, St. Kilda's fixing their uh, their percentage woes with this one game. They're, they're going to turn their percentage problems around right now, and maybe they're going to get themselves back into a position where they could uh, they could possibly be competing for the eighth spot if they go on some sort of a win streak. I thought that. I thought, let's, you know, let's see what, uh, you know, St. Kilda's doing here. And, and what was it, 36 to nothing? Six goals down, the Crows were. So, you know, this is a, this is a game where I don't know if I, uh, do you condemn the, the actions of uh, the Saints in the second half of that game, or do you applaud what the Crows did? Yeah, you know, and I and I got to think, you know, that uh, you know what the Crows did was 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 terrific. And I actually I want to jump on here real quickly. I did have a little uh, uh, audio clip here, and I'm going to hop in here with the Crows here real quickly. So let me get this here going. G'day, Craig. It's Rick Shaibani, your favorite L.A. Dragon. Yes, yeah, he is. Um, a pretty interesting round of footy. Um, West Coast definitely getting a gutsy win, and your Cats making a statement against the power. Um, it's pretty clear to me, again, that both uh, Sydney and Port Adelaide just aren't quite top-four material yet. Um, uh, my Giants, uh, of course, have the draw with North. Definitely an easy opportunity for four points, but just couldn't get it done. But... Obviously, I'll take the draw instead of the loss, especially how the first half went. And Hawthorne, you know, they're not dead yet. Um, I still think it's time for them to start talking succession plan with Clarko and everything. But, um, no, it's going to be going to be interesting to see where that goes. And even more interesting, seeing where Collingwood's search is going to start heating up. Um, oh, and also, big shout-out to the Adelaide Crows. What an amazing comeback. I mean... And there have been no shortage of great comebacks this season. So I reckon the Crows, they, they kind of felt like they had to had to get that one because they've let some other ones slip away, some other close games slip away this season. And such a young side who really needs a big comeback win to build on and just provide some proof of concept for what Matty Nix is building over there. So all in all, a pretty good round of footy. Take care. All right, yeah, Rick uh, and Rick is my favorite LA Dragon, and that's not only that's not because I only know one LA Dragon, but uh, Rick, uh, if you don't know, when I first uh, back in uh, the fall of 2019, here in September, October of that year, I started tossing about the idea of wanting to do a podcast, and I set up my Twitter page with the with the the 
with the yank on the footy and the, the yank underscore on. And I re- started reaching out to people and engaging with people and saying, hey, am I crazy for doing this sort of thing? He was the first person that reached out to me. And uh, and I talked to him for several months and I, and I still engage with him quite frequently, trading messages on Facebook and that type of thing. Uh, had him on in an early episode of the podcast. He, he had an opportunity to go uh, play a year of footy in, I believe, 2018 in Australia. I was working there as well. And if I'm not mistaken, he played with uh, Caroline Springs, if I'm not mistaken. Very funny episode because I actually reached out to his teammates from Australia and got kind of fun questions to ask him about his time in Australia, which he was not expecting. And it was it was just a lot of fun to to see that uh, that interaction that he'd had with his teammates there. But yeah, Rick, I, I agree with you. This you know, as uh, Tim's pointing on on here that you know maybe Clarko's going to stick around for the rebuild. Maybe he wants to prove himself that he can uh, he can go win another premiership or two uh, with a new crop of players. Uh, yeah, and again. If if anybody has earned a right to say, you know what, I'm, I want to step away from the job that I'm in and maybe take a year off and 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 go find another position, he certainly has earned that right with his uh, with his track record. Now, there's somebody who I I would say would probably be even someone that you would be less likely to want to see. Uh, in a media position, and that's not because he's not insightful. Because the ma- the man is is a brilliant footy mind. It's just that, and again, this is I guess this is all looking at it from the the uh, the vantage point of them being a senior coach. Because he's not he's not always the most warm and fuzzy. Um, he's not the most warm and fuzzy uh, interviewee. Uh, both he and 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 Bucks are are kind of both fit into that category. So. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's going to go anywhere or not. Um, he may stick around, you know, and may, maybe the leadership, uh, maybe the the people in the in the front offices and on the board of, of Hawthorne decide they want to go in a different direction as well. Uh, it's kind of it'd be kind of sad if that happens, because I think you know that that he should have some input on that, you know, in his own right. But yeah, if they decide to do that, you know. There's going to be games where he can possibly uh, he can go wherever he wants to go. Um, uh, so yeah, I just I really wonder. You know, are we going to see a lot of coaching changes? I I, I saw that there was something on uh, 360 this morning where I guess they were talking to Chris Scott about you know rumors about him taking the Collingwood job, and from what it looked like, he basically said, "No, I'm not doing it." Uh, yeah, which, as a cat supporter, you know, I'm glad to see that, that he said that. You know, the Hawks win against Sydney was uh, uh, was amazing, and I I I didn't expect that. And I and I, I think if you're a diehard Hawk supporter, you may have hoped for the win, but I don't know if you were thinking it was going to be that wide of a margin. What was it? Six goals, more than six goals. They were up by four goals at halftime, and what a great story about uh, Jai Newcomb. And you know, what his last game he played, he was playing. If I'm not mistaken, he's playing for Box Hill. 
he was playing for Hawthorne's VFL squad as one of the players that's kind of filling out the list. And they picked him up. And a week later, he's in the 22. 14 tackles, 13 disposals, your first game. And this is not your first game after having gone through an entire off-season of training. This is <clears throat> your first game after having been with the club for a week. And while you had been playing on their VFL side, you're still not, you know, you're still not a, uh, you haven't been a, a, a full-fledged member of the club. You know, there was, and I cannot remember the name of the, uh, the, the sportscaster here in the United States. It was probably some guy on ESPN and I don't watch ESPN much at all anymore. Uh, but he used to say things like, you know, have yourself a day, young man. Like, you know, he had his, he had a great, you know, a, a great day. It's like if a player hit three home runs in a game or, you know, a, a pitcher in a baseball game had, you know, 15 strikeouts in a game. What a, what a, uh, what a fantastic debut. Now he did, he did score his first point. He had a behind during the course of the game. Uh, so it's uh it was it was fun watching these games that uh, that some people were not you know not expecting to go that way. Now you know I have to go ahead and uh, you know remind myself as a cat supporter here for just a second. I'm going to you know talk about the cats and Port Adelaide game. You know the cats they they showed a bit of a glimpse of uh, you know of what maybe they might be. Uh, in the near future and what the near notice the word I'm using there, what the near future may hold. Okay. Yes. I said near future because, you know, let's be honest. They set a record that uh, I had no idea was, was a, a, I guess it had to be a record somewhere along the line, but to think that nobody else had done this before was a little surprising, but they were the first club in the history of the AFL VFL to have their 22 listed for the game. And have ten of those players be on the north side of thirty years of age. Like I said, maybe that bodes well for the near future. Maybe not for the long term future. Although the cats have figured out, you know, in you know, since I've been watching them to stay relevant. I think what was it, twenty fifteen or sixteen was the the uh, the first time where they uh, it was the last time they did not make finals. So they've stayed relevant, if you will. But you know that that triumvirate of uh, people in the in the in the forward fifty for the Cats with you know Jeremy Cameron and Gary Rowan and Tom Hawkins. They had twelve goals, six this past week. I mean, that's just uh, and, and you know they're they're getting healthy. You know the Cats are getting healthy, and I'm going to allude to that here in a little bit. <clears throat> that does. Uh, That makes things look promising in, in my eyes, anyway. Okay, uh, you know it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with them, though. You know, and and what I was shocked by when I went back and looked at the stats, and I don't know if you watched the game or not, and you know it was the first game of the week on Thursday, but uh, what if I told you that the uh, the the differentiate the difference in in tackles by the two clubs was almost a two to one margin. 
Port had 65 tackles, the Cats 37. So a more than, no, almost two to one. Uh, so you would think that the, uh, you know, that, that Port would, you know, be able to translate those into, into better things with having all of those tackles and hopefully, you know, getting the ball um, back in their own hands. Didn't work out though. Okay. Did not work out though. Yes. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, in the last, you know, the last you know, big game I wanted to, to kind of touch, well, actually, there's a couple here. Um, you know, the Eagles-Tigers game was a um, was a great matchup. You know, the Eagles battled back in that one. Yes, there was some controversy towards the end. Uh, you know, was there was there a block in the goal square uh, leading to a goal towards the end? And then, of course, the uh, the kick from Liam Ryan that to uh, to uh, to Kennedy did that go 15 meters? I did make a, a little bit of a meme and I posted it on, uh, I don't know if I posted it on my Twitter page, but I know I posted in a couple of the, the Geelong message boards on Facebook that uh, I, I screen captured a still image from Jeremy Cameron uh, in the game against Sydney where you know, the league came out and said, well, yeah, that kick went to actually 21 meters instead of 15. But they, did, they said play on right there at the, at the, uh, the, the goal line. And I, you know, I, I posted something on there. That said uh, they said, hey, you know, hey, Josh, Jeremy here. Um, my my uh, not fifteen play on went further than your fifteen meters. Have a good day. Um, yeah, fourteen and a half meters, close enough to fifteen. Yeah, they were counting to fifteen to the to the end of his studs on his on his boots. So he got to fifteen there. Uh, yeah. So it's uh. <clears throat> It is what it is. You know, I know Richmond fans are not happy about that, uh, and may, and maybe they have a valid reason to be upset about that. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Like I said, the the game happens with such speed, and there's so much activity going on that that just you know in in an in instance if you know, if an umpire's head is turned the wrong direction, they may be in position to see it, but something you know off to their right might have distracted them for a half a second when the key event of the game happened immediately to their left. And then the, the umpire gets vilified because they didn't make a call on something that was out of their vision because they were looking at something happening to their right. You know, this, you know, makes me wonder, you know, do we, uh, you know, well that, yeah, that's right. The umpires missed a bunch of Richmond throws uh, Tim mentioned here. And actually I, when I, I uh, did an episode the other day, uh, where I talked to Orville, who was part of my interview, uh, first part of the interview on episode 94 came out. He was talking about all the the uh, the, the throws in the, in the course of the game as well. And again, I'm not here to I'm not here to, to bash Rich, Richmond at all. I've I've given them enough of a a hard time about the uh, the the long trek, the uh, the Shackleford type trek that they took, uh, you know, or didn't take the. 5.7 kilometers down the road to uh, to Marvel Stadium a few weeks ago against the Giants. So, but you know, the last game I wanted to get to, and this was, you know, this is one that, uh, you know, you go back and you look at the stats of the of the the GWS and North Melbourne game. I mean, the stats were almost identical to one another. They were they were in, in every category they were almost equal, which is what happens when you end up with a 94 to 94 game and you know if you are a uh if you are a a fan of the ruse if you're a north melbourne fan 
yes, your team is not getting wins this year. They're sitting on six points. They're probably going to be earning the uh, the wooden spoon this year. But to me, I still see, for, at least in, in my opinion, what I have seen so far, the what is happening with North Melbourne reminds me an awful lot of what Adelaide did last year. You know, Adelaide took a significant step back last year, got the wooden spoon, did not win much, but they were they were not afraid to get out there and compete and to learn and to grow and to become a scrappy club, which is the term I used back at the be at the beginning of the episode. And and North Melbourne is doing that as well. I mean, they're they had a ton of injuries. You know, if if you were over the age of 25 and you played for North Melbourne, you've probably found yourself on the on the injury list for for some extended period of time this year. So they've played a lot of really young kids. And now some of those those veteran players are starting to get healthy and and get mixed back into the into the uh the list and they may come along and spoil a couple games here for some teams. I'm I'm sure GWS thought, you know what? Yeah, this is getting yeah, we're we're playing against another professional team, but they've only won once. We've got this in the bag, and and they had to battle, they had to scramble and fight just to get two points out of that game. So you know, while they didn't win, I do tip my cap to the Ruse this past weekend because they they played one hell of an entertaining game. And remember, if you want to hop on the uh, the discussion here, and you want to you know chime in and, and share your views on here, just go ahead and drop your email list on the your email on the message board here, and I'll send a link out to you so you can hop on if you want to do that. Okay, so this. The, this doesn't have to be just me, um, you know, sharing my views here. And I, you know, I want to go ahead and, uh, you know, while while I'm uh, before I transition into a couple of the news stories of this week, I uh, I did want to also share uh, Tony Davis's uh, note that he dropped here. So let me pop that on here real quickly. And I am going to be sitting down with Tony and his dad here very soon for an interview for the podcast. Uh, yeah, the Giants did uh, did blow a great opportunity there. Yep, and like I said, I think North Melbourne is gonna is gonna bounce up the ladder quite a bit next year. I really do. I mean, you know, yes, the uh, the Crows have dropped some games that they should have won, and and this past weekend they they won a game that maybe they should not have won, but it was it was it was a it was great to see them battling and competing, and it's and unless you're a Saints fan. If you're a Saints fan, you're you're very upset by the results of that game. And if you're a uh, if you're a Crows fan, you are elated by the fact that your team came back and won. But if you're a supporter of one of the other sixteen clubs, and you just simply watched that game, that game got done, and you, and you may have said to yourself, "Damn, that was pretty entertaining." Same thing with the Giants and Ruse Ruse game. That was an entertaining game. You know, if you're if you're uh, watching, you know Hawthorne and Sydney, and you are West Coast or you're Richmond, you're hoping Sydney falls because it's going to you know give you an opportunity to possibly push yourself a step further up the ladder. And GWS was thinking that as well, hoping you know to get closer to being in the eight. But let me go ahead and pop Tony's message on here real quickly. Uh, 
G'day, Craig. Tony Davis calling from Minnesota. Uh, we'll keep our weekly call tradition going here, even though you're changing the times of your podcast, which is really throwing me off completely. Sorry about <laughs> but that. Here we are. I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, Melbourne lost this morning uh, to Collingwood. I haven't seen the game yet. It was on pretty early and uh, in the night, so I have to catch that. Although um, sounds like it wasn't not a great performance by Melbourne. Um, and uh, but if you told me they'd be eleven and two at the bye week, I would have taken that all day every day. So hopefully with uh, a week or two off, um, they'll sort of get their energy back and finish the season well. So um, we'll leave that be. Uh, congrats to Nathan Buckley, uh, victory in his final match as Collingwood coach. What a great career. I'm looking forward to seeing where he lands. I'm sure he'll go into the media for a while, but I expect him back in the coaching box at some point. Um, he's too good of a coach, I think, and he's probably a little bit unfulfilled by the fact that he hasn't won the flag yet. Um, and um, another big event this week, which will be the David McKay um, bump uh, tribunal. Uh, I think it will be pretty significant uh the outcome of that um, uh, for the future of the game. So uh, very fascinating to watch that, I think, this Thursday night. So anyway, I'll uh, leave it there. Uh, no Melbourne match this weekend. They're on the bye. So um, maybe I'll just check in next week uh, when you have the podcast on or um, we'll catch in a couple. Uh, oh, by the way, congratulations on your first taste of Vegemite. Uh, very proud of you. I've given it a, a great effort. Um, told you not to put it on too thick. Uh, anyway, uh, well done for trying. Uh, we'll catch you later. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Tony, for the, the, the note there. It was, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the, he brought up the, the David Mackay, uh, bump on Hunter Clark, which resulted in, in Clark having a, a broken jaw. And I jotted that down in my notes to, to bring that one up and, and talk about that one today. But it's, if I'm not mistaken, they, they, they didn't even issue any kind of a report in, in the course of that game when that occurred. There was nothing that said, hey, you know, you're, you're, in, uh, you're in a lot of trouble for having done that. It was just kind of like, you know, they gave the, they gave the club a free kick and moved on from there. You know, it's... Uh, you know, it was kind of the the old proverbial hip and shoulder there, and you know, I I think with the way things are right now, he's probably going to end up finding himself suspended uh, and missing games. But you know, this gets back to the uh, this gets back to the 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 role of the umpire here. You know, they did not they did not adjudicate it as being something that was uh, overly severe during the course of the game. So I wonder. I wonder what is, you know, you know, are they going to go ahead and maybe give him a week less than they would have necessarily because of the fact that uh, that the um of the uh, the the fact that it was not uh, called out or reported during the course of the game. So I I I, I don't know and and yeah the. the you have to you have to protect that sort of thing. Now, I don't know if the young man, I don't know if Hunter Clark ended up with a concussion as well as a broken jaw. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. I, is it going to get thrown out? Yeah, I don't. 
Did it look all that? You know, did it look all that different from what uh, what happened with Patty Dangerfield back in round one? You know, it was to me. It was it, it looked somewhat similar, and you know, Dangerfield got three weeks for that. And uh, you know, we'll uh, we shall see. You know, and again, I don't I don't know what's going to happen with this, but it's yeah, it. I don't know. I don't want to speculate. Like like I said, you know, they decided after the fact that they were going to go ahead and. Uh, and report this. So, uh, yeah, that's that's true. The AFL wants it punished because they want to eradicate this from the game. But, but you know, they're going to have to they're going to have to change the rules on it before they can actually do that. So he may get he may end up getting uh, getting off because of that. That's that's what they call ex post facto laws, where they can't. Uh, they can't criminalize something and charge you something criminally for something that was not against the law when you did it. That's the uh, the high school government teacher and me coming out right there. Uh, <laughs> hey, Frode, glad to see you uh, up and about this morning, sir. Hopefully you're having a, a wonderful day down there in Florida. It's uh, great to see you uh, hopping on here, sir. Haven't talked in, in a while. I did... And and somebody did ask there about the, the the whole thing with the Vegemite. And I, for those of you that did not uh, did not take a look at I, uh, Orville Gibson, and I mentioned Orville just a few minutes ago, uh, who lives up in Queensland, sent me a jar of Vegemite, and I'd never had it before. Uh, I'm not a, and I had a long conversation with him about this, but I, I told him I said, you know, I absolutely will try it, and. Uh, I went ahead and set up a Zoom uh, call, and I opened it. I sent out the link to. I put it out on my Twitter page. I put it out on my Facebook page and said, "Hey, if you want to come take a look at it, I'm going to go ahead and uh, and give this stuff a shot here." And you know, I I followed the uh, the directions I thought properly, um, and made my toast, and uh, <laughs> that's a great point, Frode. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Fred put on there. He says it's not so much a spread as is a butter flavor enhancer. Uh, that's that's a great, great analogy. And well, I, I made my toast and I and I'm doing it on camera in front of uh, Harper from the Where Do We Begin podcast. And Frode, or I'm sorry, and Orville eventually came on. He came on a few minutes after I'd gotten started because the the, the toast was starting to get a little uh, cold. So I had it and. First of all, I, I put the, I put it on there, and, and Harper said, "Oh, that's way too much." <laughs> he said flat out, "That's too much on there." So I kind of removed a little bit of off the surface, so there was a little less on there. I took about fifty percent off that I had on there, and he said, "That may still be too much," but I said, "You know what? I'm going to go for it." And I and I tried it. I had a couple of bites, and it wasn't bad. It was, and I, I'll be honest with you. And, and again, I I also recorded the audio of that as a as a podcast episode as well. I released that uh, day before yesterday, I believe. But the it's up on my YouTube channel. If you want to, if you would like to, you know, if you, you know, if you want to watch me eat, which, you know, let's be honest, that's, uh, that's not something that, that a lot of people are going to want to do, but I'm not, uh, this is, this is not some sort of a competitive type thing where, Hey, how much of that can I eat? It was, how can I eat that period? Uh, I, uh, I did like it. It was not as salty as I thought it was going to be, you know, because people had said, oh, yeah, this is going to be salty. You're going to hate it. It's going to be awful. And uh, 
I didn't think it was as salty as it was going to be. And, well, so I, I, I had that. I think I had in, in you know, the, the bread that I had, it was, uh, and I, I, it's what they call a wide pan bread, and it's a, it's a 12-grain wheat bread. It's, it's, re it's really good. I really enjoy this type of bread. It's great for sandwiches. I ate probably three-fourths of that slice of bread uh, during the course of that little recording. And then afterwards, I took the last corner, and I threw it out in the front yard by my bird feeders. And my birds around the neighborhood got to try Vegemite as well. And it, and, and it appeared to me as though a couple of them kind of stopped after they took a couple nibbles off of it and looked at me like, what the hell is this? Uh, <laughs> they, it was something they certainly had not had before because they are not migrating across the Pacific Ocean to, to get Vegemite. Uh, but yesterday morning, I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to try this again. I, and this was some advice that I took from Harper. Okay, he said that he he uses it when he has uh now he's vegetarian. And he said he'll have like a lettuce and cheese sandwich with it. So what I did yesterday was same bread. I toasted it. I turned on the broiler in the oven, which is you know the top burner on the oven, which you know, that cooks in the top down. I turned on the broiler, and I toasted the bread, and I buttered it. Put a a much more thin layer of Vegemite on there. And then I sprinkled some Colby and Monterey Jack cheese, some shredded cheese on top of the, uh, the Vegemite. And I put that under the broiler for 90 seconds. And I made a sandwich out of that. And, I, and all I'm, as far as whether or not I liked that, let me just say this. As soon as this, as soon as this live episode is done, I'm going to go do the same damn thing that I did yesterday. I'm going to go ahead and make another one of those sandwiches. Okay. I, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, have another one of those. And then I even went on to, uh, to Amazon just because I was just curious and said, okay, you know how, uh, <laughs> eat it out of this jar with a spoon. That's not happening. Uh, Somebody said that to me on, on Twitter, and I, I posted a little gif from Forrest Gump where Forrest says, I am not a smart man. And then I followed it up and said, but I am smarter than that. Uh, so the uh, I did like it. And I did realize that a, uh, uh, oh, that was you. Okay. Yeah, it is what, yes, it was. Doggone it, it was you. Um. I am going to have that again, and I did. I did find out to, to buy another jar. Uh, yes, I, I was prospecting for what it, the cost of another jar would be. It's about nine dollars on Amazon. So if I decide to get another jar and have it sent to me, it'll be about nine bucks to do that. So I, uh, I'm looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to trying some other kinds of cheeses. You know, my my wife has a really nice block of. Uh, aged cheddar in the fridge that is uh it's kind of it's one of the ones that's kind of packaged you know it's like they melt the wax around it or they seal it inside wax and she's doing the keto stuff and is doing really really well with that and uh i don't want to mess with her cheese and uh and and screw up what, she, what she's got going on there so i'm gonna have to go out and pick up some more of that um 
heading to Aldi's tomorrow because I have a list of things that I need to get there. But the bottom line, I think you have I think you have a Vegemite fan. I'm not going to go crazy for it, but the jar that was sent is not going to simply sit on my shelf. It's going to get used. Okay, it's going to get used. So, yeah, it's uh, it is gonna it's it's gonna be a lot of fun scraping out the bottom of that jar in another two or three years time. I don't know how long that'll take. Uh, it's just, it's the 220 gram jar. So it's not, it's not the big one, but it's, it's big enough for me right now. And, you know, I have to really look closely and see how much sodium is in it because, uh, you know, salt is not always our friend, but, uh, you know, I do, I do, uh, I do think that that's going to be something that I'm going to enjoy. Okay. Um, you know, we, we shall see though. So, you know, I, I, you know, a couple things in the news that I wanted to just touch on here. Uh, and again, if you want to hop on, um, by all means, you know, drop your, if you're online listening live, drop your email in there and I'll send you the links. You can hop on here. Um, cause this doesn't have to be all about me. That's one of the reasons why I like doing the live episodes. Cause I love hearing from you and hearing your thoughts as well. You know, I have my tips jotted down on my note sheet over here next to me. Uh, but, you know, a couple of things, you know, I, the whole situation with, with Patty Ryder, again, you know, we saw, you know, in, in light of, uh, you know, Adam Good's decision about not joining the Hall of Fame, and then after the, uh, the St. Kilda collapse against Adelaide, or the Adelaide, uh, um, or the Adelaide comeback, if you want to, if you want to make it a positive thing and say that the uh, that the Crows, you know, fought back, and they played in Cairns, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they did. Uh, you know, somebody on Twitter, and I actually saw the tweet. You know, very derogatory, racist uh, comment towards Patty Ryder. I just, I, you know, you can be upset with your 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 club, or you can be upset with you know the performance of a player, but just. And this goes back. This goes back to the stuff that I tell my kids. As, as you know, I'm a high school teacher, and I just just be decent to one another. You know, if we treat each other with just a modicum of respect, the world's going to be a hell of a lot better place. And and you know, it, it's we're going to have differences in politics. We're going to have differences based upon clubs that we support in the AFL. But you know, there's just the whole the whole idea of of calling people out by name that way is uh is just uh it's kind of disturbing and i and i somebody else had reported this uh this comment and i and i and then the the, the twitter name had disappeared i went ahead and just blocked it so you know i'm it was not anybody i was following or anybody that was following me but i went ahead and just preemptively blocked it cuz I don't need to see any more of this crap from this person, you know, in their, in their mindset. So I went ahead and just said, Nope, I'm going to go ahead and divest myself from that. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it is shocking that it still goes on till, uh, till 2021. Um, or it goes on in 2021 and it's just, like I said, you, you can be frustrated with the way your club played. I have no problem with that. You know, you want to, you want to tell your, you know, 
you know, say, oh, my club played lousy. You know, Patty Ryder had a horrible game. I, you know, and again, I, I'm not even so I'm not even going to go so far as to say he had a horrible game. But let's say that's the determination that you made that he had a horrible game. Okay, you know what? If he did have one, he would probably be the first one to admit it and say, yeah, I had a horrible game. But it had nothing to do with his ethnicity or his heritage or his background. It had nothing to do with that at all. Patty Ryder, human being, had a bad game. Period. That that's it. That's it. Yeah. So the the, the race thing is in. And you know, I uh, this is uh This is the uh, the the final quarter. I did watch that. Yes, the uh, the Adam Goods document. I watched that last week. It was. It was sad. But there were also, you know, instances of hope. But, you know, just seeing what he went through during his final couple years in the game, you know, a guy who had been such an integral part of the of the Swans. And, and, and it, you know, it actually sounds as though he had mended fences with the with the young lady. And I, and I think he felt bad about it having been, you know, a teenage girl. But it, it's. You know, it, the the one thing that I love about about footy, you know, that the the passionate relationship that that supporters have with their club, in some ways, can be the thing that that works against it all. Where where that 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 passion in the minds of of an individual here or there goes beyond just loving my club. And becomes I'm going to hate this person because of because of this this or this. And this is where I've said you know that I I, I kind of love the fact that I in many ways I came to the game so late in life because I don't have those built up hostilities about the game. Okay, I I don't I don't have them. But you know so it's just it's really it's really sad to see what has uh, what has transpired with you know with Adam Goods. Uh, will the fences ever be mended between he and the game? I don't know. I don't know. I, I maybe 15, 20 years down the road, maybe there's a, 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 a much bigger reconciliation where he's able to, uh, he's able to, to kind of hammer out some of the differences between he and the, and the competition um, in the league and that sort of thing. And, you know, maybe the whole issue of, of, you know, racism has, has gone away, you know, and, and I, you know, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be kidding myself. Yeah, you know, is racism out there? Sure, it is. Is it as prevalent as uh, as some people make it out to be? I don't think it necessarily. I don't think it necessarily is. Yeah, you know, are there racists here in the United States? Sure. But you know, I'm I'm going to tout my own. I'm going to tout my own country for a little bit here, and and it's not. It's not as racist as uh, um. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at uh, at what I was saying there. I'm laughing at something that Frode typed on the uh, the the message board here. Um, you know, where he said, "Speaking of coming to the game late, I played my first game my first game of footy at age 51." Uh, the last line he posted on here. Um, 
the result of it, if you will. I don't want to say it, but it made me laugh pretty. It made me laugh quite a bit. Um, but you know, I, I actually have, I I listened to a uh, a song here that just came out here in the United States, and it's on it's on YouTube, it's on Spotify, uh, and it's a song. It's a, a musician who's a hip hop artist by the name of Tom McDonald, and I had never heard of Tom McDonald before. And he 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 had a and it showed up on my YouTube feed for some reason or another. And it was it was a song called Snowflakes. And it's, you know, and I'm not you can look it up for yourself, but it, it was just it 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 was it delved into the whole situation of how you know he arguing that racism is kind of overblown. And I was like, holy mackerel, this is this is a really interesting take on this. So yeah, it's uh Yes, there are racists out there, but when, you know, this person that made this comment about Patty Ryder made a racist comment, that doesn't mean that that person's next door neighbor or the person whose backyard butts up against their backyard is a racist also because they, they happen to, uh, to live nearby. You know, I, I that that term gets tossed about an awful lot, and I, I don't want this to become political here, but in a way, it has become political because of the actions of people like this guy who made this comment to Patty Ryder. It's it's almost become political because of that, and especially after you know uh, coming up, you know the uh, at the uh, end of the you know Sir Douglas Nichols rounds <coughs> of footy, but. He is demonstrating himself to be a racist, but that does, you know when, when you when you toss it out and say, well, you know, okay, then everybody like that person must be a racist. Then it ends up it ends up diluting or allowing that person who actually is a racist to kind of hide behind all those other people who are not, and those other people who are not are saying, I'm not, but they don't realize that that person who is is standing right behind that behind them and making those arguments and saying, you know what? Yes, I am. And I can hide behind the shadow or in the shadows of these other people and still say these things and let them take some of the heat for my, my actions, for the things that I'm saying, which is, you know, which to the, the overwhelming majority of the population, whether it be in Australia or whether it be in the United States or anywhere else in the world, people who are decent to one another, they end up taking the heat in many cases for people like this. And I'm going to use a technical term right here, this knucklehead that was up on Twitter. So, you know, I, you know, Patty Ryder, I'm sorry that you had to, to, you know, have that said or directed towards you. Uh, hopefully they've, they've removed this person uh, from social media. And again, I am, I am all about free speech. I am a huge advocate free speech okay this is one of the things that i i tout with my students you know we we had a uh we had a discussion and i'm, I'm going off on a tangent here but I, i'm already going in this direction i might as well finish it up one of the things that ha- you know politically and i'm just going to go ahead and put this out here and i'm 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 a politically rather conservative person when it comes to politics okay but I'm, I'm a free speech person. I'm a big fan of the United States First Amendment that allows us to basically say what we want, okay? But 
you know, one of the things that my my students had to do at the end of the year this year, their final project was that they had to they had to create a new amendment for our constitution, which would have been the twenty eighth amendment. We've we've changed it twenty seven times over the two hundred plus years or two hundred thirty years of its history. They had to write and research and create a twenty eighth amendment and explain why it was necessary. And one of my students chose, uh, they they wrote an amendment to to ban flag burning. To basically, because you know, people will burn the United States flag as a form of protest. A lot of people find it offensive. I, I find it offensive, but there's a caveat to that. I, uh, you know, so my kids, they had, to, they had to come up and present in front of their student, in front of their, their peers. You know, here's my amendment. They had to, you know, explain why it was necessary, you know, who was going to be in favor of it, who was going to be against it, that type of thing. And then the students collectively had to vote and decide, do we want to go ahead and adopt this amendment to our quote unquote constitution? And in that class period, there were 14 students in the class. And I said, well, you know, how many, uh, how many of you, uh, you know, would vote in favor of this amendment? And all 14 of the kids put their hands up. And I said, well, how many, how many of you would vote against it? Well, none of them put their hands up, but I did. And they looked at me. They were shocked that I put my hand up. And I said, those of you who put your hand up and said you want to ban this, do you find flag burning offensive? And they all said yes. And I said, guess what? So do I. But here's the thing. If we ban flag burning, if we say you can't do that, what's to say that down the road in the near future, some form of political speech that you have, that you hold near and dear to you, somebody finds offensive and they then ban that as well? Yeah, so, so my argument to them was, you know, shouldn't we, shouldn't we know who's you know what everybody's views are on things put it out there so we know and uh and let and let people's opinions be shared so we have an idea of of who is who has <coughs> excuse me who has what thoughts but as soon as we start stifling speech as soon as we start saying you can't say that anymore Then we, you know, we're, we're beginning to ban people's thoughts. We're beginning to say, you know, you're not allowed to say that anymore. You're not allowed to have that feeling anymore. So, the person that set that that typed that around about Patty Ryder, they can certainly think that if they choose to. They can even say that if they want to. We can find it offensive, but then there also can be ramifications or repercussions for having made that comment. You know, we. we we have this big argument here about what hate speech is, you know, and, 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 and in many cases, it, 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 it's, 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 to me, there isn't anything is hate speech. There may be, you know, we have viewpoints that people don't, don't like and don't agree with, but just because you don't agree doesn't mean it is classified as hate speech. And again, I'm getting way off a tangent. We're coming back to footy here in just a second. I promise. I always, uh, and I don't say this to my students, but I always, you know, you know, I think that, you know, the, the person that is, you know, that's burning a flag or the person that is uh, making these comments about uh, Patty Ryder or, you know, the, the people who were vilifying um, Adam Goods. I always joke that, that folks like that, that we should take up a little collection 
and I'm pointing to my forehead right now. And, you know, we should get the number uh, uh, from, from Jamie Elliott. And actually, I think his tattoos are better uh, than Dustin Martin's. And, you know, get, or, you know, get the phone number of their tattoo artist. So that person that, that made the comments for Patty Ryder can go there and get a little tattoo of a sphincter, a little tattoo of a butthole right in the middle of their forehead. So when he's walking down the street, somebody can say, hey, here comes another asshole. We can see him coming. Okay. Um, again, you're allowed to have your thoughts. You're allowed to have your opinions and such. And, and you're allowed to certainly say that, but that doesn't mean there aren't going to be repercussions for them. But I, I worry about, you know, when the government comes along at, at any place and, and saying you can't say those things. So enough about that. I, I, I'm, I'm off for the summer. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I'm, my, my job is over for right now. So, you know, one other thing, you know, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to uh, just toss it out there again. I'm going to put. The, I'm not going to talk about it a lot, but I'm going to just mention that it's back in the news again. You know, we talked about it uh, not long ago, a couple weeks ago, and I know a lot of folks are fired up about this. That mid-season trade period, and uh, you know, demo came out and said, "Hey, maybe not such a bad idea." Well, Stephen Hawking has now come out and said, "You know what? It might make the season really interesting." And I'm not here trying to Americanize the game. I'm not. I'm just simply saying, here's what was talked about in the AFL offices. Okay, I'm not. I'm not advocating for this. You know, when I was watching baseball, it made baseball interesting because you would you would have that trade period in the middle of the year where, you know, if I lost a uh, yeah, I yeah, I like I said, I'm not trying to Americanize it. And uh, but he has said maybe it would be not such a bad idea. I'm going to leave the article link in. The show notes, you can take a look at it if you haven't seen it already. Uh, you know, if, if you're a club like the Ruse, and I, and I mentioned Todd Goldstein, for example, and Goldstein didn't, you know, you would have to say, do you want to go somewhere else? I mean, it wouldn't, I don't think it would necessarily be you're just simply shipping somebody off, but, you know, let's say Goldstein was wanting to go to a club that needed a, a, a ruck, and that club was willing to give up a, uh, you know, a first round pick for him because they felt that he might get them over the hump and help them win a premiership. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I, again, I'm not, uh, I'm not saying I just, I'm not saying I disagree with you guys. And if you're it, the people on the message board are all saying they don't like it, that it goes against the whole club mentality, that sort of thing. I agree with you there, but Again, this is simply me pointing out what you know what I saw in the news this week and, and putting it out there in case you hadn't you hadn't run across it yet. So it's just it's just uh it's interesting to see that that it's that it's being talked about yet again. Um, you know, we we shall see what goes on with it though. And you know, I, I don't know. You know, they've got the midseason draft that you know Jai Newcomb was certainly a a great addition to the to the Hawks this past week and. I have a feeling he's probably going to be in the 22 again this week. Just have that funny feeling. We'll see if he gets 14 tackles, though. So, want to hop into my tips for this week, okay? And again, don't take my advice. <laughs> yes, that's a, that, Fro, that, that, that's going to be lost on a lot of people. Um, the uh, 
Frode made a reference to an old uh, com- TV commercial here in the States. Um, it was like a, a stockbroker company where, you know, where it was a company called EF Hutton. And I think that they're now out of business. And I'll, I'll find a, uh, one of their commercials and put it in the, a link to the show notes as well. That's a great, that's a great example. Um, well, I, you know what? Maybe it's because if they've won, what, six premierships between the two of them? So maybe seven, if I'm correctly. Clark was maybe got four himself. Um, where they, you know, you have the two guys that are sitting over their business lunch and they were saying, well, you know, how are you doing in the market and how are you doing? And they're in a noisy restaurant and that sort of thing. And and the one guy said, well, you know, my my broker is E.F. Hutton. And E.F. Hutton says, and the whole restaurant goes silent and everybody leans in to hear what E.F. Hutton had to say, what this stock, bro- this stock market company or stockbroker's company happened to say. That's a, that's a, that's a fantastic example. Uh, I'm so glad you got on here today, man. That that is That's a great example. Uh, so it's uh, yeah. If you if you are using my tips as your tips, stop. Okay. Two two four and one last week. Nobody nobody tipped the Giants and, and Ruse to be a tie. So I guess you get to take a win for that one or half a win, uh, a draw there. So I got two correct and four wrong, and the other game was a draw. Okay, I got the cats and the crows right. So that was it. That was it. So uh, the first game of the weekend down at uh, the empty house of GMBHA Stadium, which I'm sure that the Tigers are thrilled about the Cats getting to play at home, just surely out of principle. Uh, I, I did. I I did get a little snarky on Twitter. Uh, somebody posted something about the uh, the the Tigers having to make these continual cross-country trips over the last month uh, that they'd said that they'd, they'd end up traveling. And I, I converted over to miles. It was like they traveled almost 9,000 miles uh, over the previous four weeks. And I, I put something snarky on, on Twitter that said, well, that kind of makes that 5.7 kilometers between, uh, between the MCG and Marvel Stadium to see the Giants uh, not quite so far anymore. Um, yeah. So Geelong and the Western Bulldogs. The Bulldogs are coming off a bye. That bodes well for them, of course. The Cats are coming off, you know, an impressive win at the Adelaide Oval, where it sounds like they had to sleep uh, underneath tables and that sort of thing. You know, the Bulldogs are still missing a couple of key pieces in there. You know, Trelore is still out. Uh, cats are starting to get healthy, and. Uh, yeah, they may be getting Cam Guthrie back this week, which is a good thing. Um, you know, I, like I said, they're playing. They're playing in an empty house here, and the discussion was going on uh, on the message board here as far as uh, whether or not uh, the empty house was going to be um, beneficial to to the Cats or to the Bulldogs. You know what? I I think it's going to kind of be a push as far as that goes. I I'm um, somebody here does did mention that they have Footscray in an upset, and are they ever going to go back to Footscray again, or are they going to stay the Western Bulldogs forever? Frode, you're on here, sir. You're you're the expert on that. You've got a better idea on that than I do. Um, but uh, yeah, keeping the faith. Yep. 
I, uh, I, you know, I, I'm a cat supporter. I have to go with the cats here. I've got them winning this one by eight points. You know, I, it's, isn't it up? It would it be an upset though if if the Bulldogs won because they're number two on the ladder right now. I mean, it's two and two against three. You know, I just I I hope that the, um, you know, I hope the cats can can do this. You know, I, I worry about there being a little bit of a, a letdown after such a, a, a big week. Um, no, I have no problem with, with calling that also because, and Frode, I think you mentioned this before, you know, that, that, you know, that said somebody, they'd run into somebody who said that they played for, they played for Western and they were in a store or restaurant or something of that nature. And they said, well, you know, what do you, do? you know, you're all the way out in Perth. What are you doing here? That type of thing that they didn't realize the Bulldogs were, were actually there. Um. So, again, I'm going to go with the Cats uh, by eight points on this one. Then we move on to the set. And there's only five games this round. Okay, so I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to watch all five of them. Uh, at Metricon, you've got Gold Coast hosting Port Adelaide. You know, the Suns, I tipped the Suns. They they played terribly uh, this past week. Um, out at Optus Stadium against the, the Dockers. Uh, they're back at home. They're going to have a you know a crowd there, and uh, yeah, Port is coming off of uh, you know I think they'll have to they'll admit a disappointing loss against Cats. You know they did not def- defend their home ground very well. I do you know I do think though at this point in time, well, this is going to be a very close game. I think Port is still at this point in time a better club, so I'm going to tip I'm going to tip Port Adelaide on the road after them having dropped a game at home this past week, and I've got Port Adelaide winning this one by nine, I think it's going to be close. And I won't be shocked. I won't be shocked if Gold Coast wins this one. And I know that if you're a a Sydney, Brisbane, or Sydney and uh, West Coast, Richmond, certainly a GWS and an Essendon supporter, you are hoping, you are hoping that Gold Coast gets to win here because that that pushes another one of those teams on the eight further down on the ladder. And gives you just you know yet yet another opportunity to possibly move yourself up. You know, yeah, both fans will they both both fans be there? Yeah, you know, I maybe. And this gets back to the guy we talked about back at the beginning of the episode. You know, maybe the maybe the the Gold Coast supporters uh, you know treat a Maddie Rowell sighting at their home ground like a visit from Haley's Comet. Um, you know, they haven't seen him in person at home as of yet, because if I'm not mistaken, he got hurt against the Eagles in round one at Optus, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, uh, so I, like I said, I, I, I think that that's going to be a close game. You know, the port's still missing, you know, they're missing butters they're missing Durzma still as well. Um, but I think they get the job done. Then we head back to uh, to Hobart again, and and the Roos should have just stayed in in uh, Tasmania this week, but they didn't, as far as I know. Um, they're back in there for the second week in a row. The Lions are coming off their bye week. Um, you know the Roos are the are the wooden spoon favorites, but again, you know if you if you saw that that. If you again you watch the Giants game, they're fighting hard to not have a wooden spoon, okay? Um, 
they're getting healthier. But I think that Brisbane is too strong of a club for them right now. Okay. The one advantage they may have is that it might be chilly in, in Tasmania. And maybe Brisbane's not ready for the temperatures to be down in the 50s or 60s. Well, that's uh, Fahrenheit. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with Brisbane in this one by about three goals. Okay. Then we head up to Giant Stadium for GWS and Carlton. And GWS, uh, they, they had to battle back just to get two points this past week. They had to fight hard to get those two points because North Melbourne played a fantastic first half of the game and basically first three quarters. And then they had to fight and claw to hang on to maintain that draw. Okay. I do think that uh, the Giants are going to win this one. You know, Harry McKay is going to be out with the concussion. Uh, you know, the Blues this year have, have in many ways to me, they, they've kind of, uh, they've kind of looked a little bit like an oscilloscope their season. There's been a lot of ups and downs. There's not been any, there's not been any kind of real level. They've played well some weeks, awful some weeks. There's been a lot of hills and valleys, if you will, for the Blues. And I don't know if they're going to, um, if they're going to go ahead and, and, and win this one again. I'm going to go with GWS in this game uh, by 10 points. And I, I believe that, uh, that uh, Mr. Mumford, when his, uh, when his days of uh, being a ruck are done, he is planning on transitioning over to the WWE and is going to become uh, one of the new uh, wrestlers there after a couple of the suplexes that we saw the other day with him. And uh, the last game, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get this pronunciation correctly, and I always get this one wrong, but is it, it Launcheston? I believe is how it's pronounced uh, in Tasmania. So they're sending Hawthorne and Essendon down there. Uh, you know, the Hawks went to the SCG. They, they, they stunned the Swans. And maybe the Swans are, are not quite there yet. And I've made, you know, I've made comments about the Swans. You know, are they, are they trying to force the ball to, to Buddy? And although, you know, Buddy has been really good about, uh, you know, goal assists and working up the ground, that type of thing. Um, Essendon, you know, it's coming off of their bye week. You know, they're 11th right now, but if you look at their percentage, it's it's about 10 points higher than the two teams above them in the ninth and 10th spots, okay? You know, there are a couple of wins behind the Tigers right now who are sitting 8th. To me, this is a must-win game for Essendon. If Essendon has any hopes of playing finals, okay, I... I think this is a game they have to win. Okay, they, if they if they don't if they don't beat Hawthorne this week, I don't think that I don't think they've got a shot at playing finals. It's going to be too big of a mountain to climb, being two or three games behind the uh, um, the other clubs that are in the eight right now, and having to hope that somebody else loses that are in the eight. So. I think Essendon gets the job done here. Both of them are being inconvenienced by having to head down there to play. Um, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to go ahead and tip Essendon to win this one by 11 points. And uh, the Essendon supporter on uh, the message board right now just reminded me again, and I will say it yet again. Yes, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, I did tip Essendon uh, 17th on the ladder this year. Okay. I was wrong. 
Now, keep in mind, <clears throat> I did not even have Melbourne in the top eight. I think I had Melbourne 10th or 11th. So I was really wrong on that one. I had Fremantle in the eighth spot. And they're hovering, they're what, 10th right now? So it's, uh, again, don't use my tips, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and uh, <laughs> I just had this really mean thought that popped into my head that uh, um, it would be more effective if it was a, uh, if it was a Hawthorne supporter that was asking about that and they were in Essendon's position there. Cause I was, I was going to say, well, I wonder where I'm going to put Essendon's AFLW club on my ladder prediction this year, but they're not there right now. So I won't even bring that up. So pretend you didn't hear that. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I do think Essendon has to win this game if they want to play finals. And I, I think they're going to take it by 11 points here. Uh, now, you know what, one little tidbit here and i saw this in a post and i went and looked and, and checked on it before I, I said this though before i brought it up somebody posted this earlier today and and, and i don't know if you guys have even and, and ladies that are listening have have um seen this now i know that this club has had a lot of injuries this year this club has had a lot of injuries this year but what if i what if i said to you uh there's a club out there that so far this year Against top eight sides this year, they've gone one and six against teams in the top eight this year. They've won one game out of seven. They've gone one and six against top eight clubs this year. They only beat the Bulldogs that were in the top eight, and their six losses were by an average of over 29 points. Those of you who are on the message board, anybody know who that might be? Not Port Adelaide. Yep, him. It is the Richmond Tigers. One and I was. It just didn't register with me. But one and six against top eight sides. Now, and their and their average losses by over twenty nine points. Now, one of those was sixty eight points. There were a couple that were two points or four points. You know, the most recent one with the Eagles was four points. But there were some that were in the 30s and 40s. You know, some significant losses. Now, again, they have had a lot of injuries this year. They're starting to get healthy. And I, and I, again, if any club is like Michael Myers or Jason from Friday the 13th, or as I've referred to them all year long, you know, a vampire. They're not done until somebody drives a stake through their heart. Yes, they lost a heartbreaking game out at Optus this past week. But until somebody actually, until we get to the end of round 23, and, uh, you know, unless we get to the end of round 23, and they're looking up at the top eight, Richmond still has a chance to win. And if they won, it wouldn't shock me in the least. Because they 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 are a good side. They've played poorly in a lot of games this year. They've gotten hammered in a lot of games. But again, some of that you may be able to attribute to injuries. Okay, but it's just been a it's been a uh, it's been a, a a very you know seesaw year for them as well. So they they've won some games against clubs that they should win against, but have struggled against some of the ones that they are more competitive against. And and I, I was just shocked to see that. I hadn't really looked that closely at 
their losses. And somebody had posted that list online today. I was like, holy mackerel, that's right. So it's just it's interesting to see what's gonna what's gonna be going on with with them going forward here. So we shall see. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ken just posted on here that any any other clubs in the finals should be looking over their shoulders at the Tigers getting in there. You know, if if they finish eighth and you finished fifth, let's let's just say that Port Adelaide finishes fifth. You know, uh, yes, they Port Adelaide already beat them once this year, and they would have to go play them in Adelaide. I would be worried if I was Port Adelaide because, you know, Richmond seems to to know when to, to kick in that next gear at the right time. You know, they're, they're kind of, you know, they're kind of just, and, and they're kind of just getting themselves there, trying to stay at the eight. I still think they're going to make the eight. I still think they're going to move. I don't think they finish eight. I still think they finish fifth or sixth before it's all said and done. But we're still going to see them go on a run before this is all said and done yet. I think, you know, we're, that one and six may get closer to a four and six or five and six by the time the year is done or, or four and seven. Okay. I better throw another loss in there because I know they've got to play Geelong again. And I'm hoping, you know, I'm planning on tipping Geelong against them as well. Um, yeah. Dusty doesn't even start trying till September. <laughs> but you know what? You know who has been trying? His clone. You know, who can actually, you know, who's actually got some jumping abilities. You know, Shea Bolton has been fantastic this year. And uh, yeah, I keep hearing rumblings that 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 he is, you know, and I just saw something real quickly this morning that that his contract negotiations are not going well with Richmond right now. Boy, would he be a huge get for somebody next year? And again, maybe he's part of their system. Maybe he's a product of their system. But maybe he becomes a, you know, he becomes the focal point of an offense like Charlie Cameron did when he left Adelaide and got out from from behind. Eddie Betts. Who knows? Who knows? Now, folks, we're about 90 minutes into the morning here. Uh, yes, uh, well, that's the that's the club that uh, that's you know, somebody just mentioned. Hey, Edison has a salary cap. That's the club that I've heard uh, heard mentioned. I've heard uh, both Bolton and uh, uh, Mockbar Choi as you know, possibly moving over to Essendon. Again, I don't I don't have any more insight than anybody else, but you know, we we've we've begun, you know, seeing uh, you know in some cases are we beginning to see a little bit of a shift in the way the uh that the rucks are, are performing. You know, we've seen what uh what 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 Choi's doing. We've seen uh you know Radigalia has done a serviceable job, you know, uh, young guys you know who can who can get out on the ground and run? Max gone being all over the ground. Are we beginning to see you know a different type of ruck? And I'm not going to delve into that because, like I said, we're we're well into this episode here. So um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, wrap this one up for today. Here, uh, folks, don't forget that if you uh, you know, want to check out the website at yankonthefooty.com, you can do so. Remember, you can uh, leave me a review there. You can hop on the uh, the voicemail and drop a voicemail there, which I'll include uh, in episodes like I did with uh, with Tony and Rick today. Oh, I mentioned earlier in the episode that uh, Tony's going to be coming back on for an interview. And uh, for those of you that don't know, Tony in Minnesota, uh, his dad is uh, Frank Davis, uh, premiership player from the Demons back in the 1960s, who went on to become uh, a, a key person in Hawthorne's front office. 
when they won their premierships um, a decade or so ago. So we're trying to set up a time. His dad still, of course, lives in uh, in Victoria. So we're trying to set up a time where the three of us can come on and have a discussion. Um, looking forward to that. Uh, it's, just, it's just really interesting being able to, you know, to talk about, uh, yeah, I believe it was the Demon's last premiership. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, so hoping to get that set up here in, in the coming days. I've got, I've got several other yeses to interviews that I just haven't nailed down times and dates with. So I'm, I'm hoping to get some of those knocked out. I do have my second half of my interview with uh, Orville Gibson that will be out later this week. Remember, if you want to you know, help out the podcast and you know, go to the Buy Me a Coffee page or check out the Redbubble page, you can do that. Both of those are up on the website. Uh, hope you'll consider sharing the episode with uh, your friends and family. If you if you like the show, you know, maybe give you know give me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also leave a review right on the website as well. Uh, again, those do help out. And don't forget, folks, this is a game that we love. Okay, we we can be passionate for our 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 clubs. We can demonstrate that that love with with our colors of our of our Guernseys that we wear or the colors of the polo shirts that I wear. Cause I'm going to be honest with you. If you've seen my picture, yes, I'm a cat supporter, but no, I don't look good in hoops. Okay. Uh, it's a, uh, it's not a good look for me, but you know what? I, I don't mind that. All right. I don't mind that as long as I don't have both round and round stripes and up and down stripes. Cause then, then people start uh, putting little pins on my butt showing where the different stadiums are throughout uh, throughout Australia. Okay. If I start having look, what looks like a map grid on me, but uh, you know, we love this game, you know, Victoria, it sounds like things are starting to open up a little bit for you. I saw that there were only a couple dozen cases that were in existence right now. Uh, hopefully the vaccine, if you're getting the vaccine, hopefully that's going to work out for you here very soon. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, take care of yourselves, reach out to your friends, you know, meet up in your front yard. If, if the government doesn't want you, and again, are they going to come barging through your door? I hope not. But, uh, you know, reach out to your friends and family. Talk to them, even if you can't see them in person. Tell them you love them. You know, just be decent to each other. Don't be like that knucklehead that was uh, giving Patty Ryder a hard time. And I don't think anybody here listening is doing that sort of thing. And if that person's listening... That, that posted that stuff, I'm, I'm hoping you can find another podcast to listen to, okay? But be decent to each other. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never hit the post. And until next time, folks, have a fantastic week and stay safe, everybody.